0: What's up, Stephanie? What's up, Holden? No idea how to properly say your last name, (laughs) Arujo. Arujo. The uh, the second A is silent, so it's just Arujo. Arujo. Very simple, Stephanie Arujo. Yeah. From Stephanie's Bakery. Yeah. From doing all the merch stuff with the No Regards. From being out there entrepreneuring. I, I argue, you are like the girl bosses that the Instagram people say, but like not the memes. But But like like the the real real life version of what the memes say to be. Yeah. based on attitude and hustle and everything I encountered. So this is Bridge the Gap. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. And while we do talk to a lot of rappers and stuff, we try to talk to interesting people and go through the stories of their life and try to extract some knowledge nuggets along the way. And yeah, here you are being an interesting person.
1: Well, I appreciate you thinking that I'm an interesting person. And uh, yeah, I mean, like. We hear so much about this hustle mentality and like, you know, it's a good thing to have. It's also sometimes a little bit toxic trait because some people don't know how to relax. But you know, like I try to be someone that like tries to use her free time as much as possible to like find ways to better your life, you know? And like, if you're not working towards eventually getting stuff so that you don't have to work again or do things that don't feel like work, then like, what are you doing? You know, like we were having this conversation just before about like, people don't want to, people want to stay broke or, you know, are just very okay in their mediocrity, which is okay. But it's just, I'm, I'm just not that, that person.
0: I'd say it's only okay if you don't complain. That's when you start complaining it because I'm not just going to throw it out. That's when I'm like, yo, you can't complaining and then be like stuck in your mediocrity. That's a whole side thing. Um, typically, I ask the musician people to say an opening question, and you're connected enough to music that I feel like it'd yeah. be fun enough to ask you yeah, the I same love opening question. And it's a little bit of a doozy, a little story. It all starts off with my girlfriend. Yes. And when it la- oh, before we get there, can you just let the people know where you come from? It's actually a context point relevant to the question, like where your life starts.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I was born and raised here. And here it is Montreal. And my dad was born in Montreal. My mom was born in Portugal. But my dad's whole side, of, like my dad's whole family, was born in Portugal. They just started immigrating here, and they had him in Montreal to make it easier for them to process their move here, I guess. Mm. Um, so I'm like fully Portuguese, but technically, if you want to like consider, it, I'm half Portuguese, half Canadian, because my dad was born here. But it's like it's like he was born there, basically. It's really just a technicality. So, but I'm I'm born and raised Portuguese Canadian.
0: That's fair. What part of Montreal are you come from in the little days? So
1: I grew up in Mile End, uh, so like Plateau area, like saint Viter Bagel right. was like next door to me.
0: Let's just leave it there. We're gonna get through it. Trust. Yeah. We can yeah. We start with that. Yeah. So we come from Montreal. Mile end, whatnot I see you DJ Crystal Clear I'm ignoring you <laughs>
1: uh,
0: anyway, Sometimes DJ Crystal Clear He likes to come through And say some absurdities To get some attention I, I fucks with him But sometimes he gives absurdities <laughs> but So you in the mile end, And the opening <clears> question <throat> Kind of ties into that So everybody keep that in mind When you're listening to this uh, My girlfriend though She'd be washing the dishes one time And she got her phone playing And she's playing that Black Eyed Peas song the, I got a feeling She's vibing She's dancing She's doing her thing I look at her And I start thinking When the fuck Did this song Become chores music
1: And I say that Because (laughs) like It's like Oh you feel old (laughs) It's it's a little
0: bit Yeah that was a part of it But the other part of it Was just like This serious epiphany on, On it though Like once upon a time, this song, especially in Montreal, was that like everybody in a circle jumping up and down when this shit came. And it was always a circle here. And everybody would be jumping up and down and singing this shit in unison and shit. And it was like a highlight of the night kind of song. And then 10 years goes by, and the song doesn't change at all. And here we are, washing dishes. Because that's what happens. We we evolve the song into like proper dishes, washing, music. Yeah. And because it brings us back to the happy times. It brings us back to being that person that is like you know, in the clubs or whatever while we're doing all this. And I think that was a super interesting phenomenon to find is that it also making me think about the little ones and 20-year-olds that be running around with the pop smokes and whatnot, and they don't even know that one day that's what they're going to be doing dishes to. Yeah, the Gen even... Zers,
1: they'll be doing dishes to pop smoke. <laughs> just like <laughs>
0: the truth is we do dishes to pop smoke yeah, after finding right? out about it. That's what happens. That's just the cycle of life. But it got me thinking about just, you know, people's journeys through life. Yeah. And even though like you're not necessarily music per se, but like the journeys of life that people talk about with the significance of the different phases they go through, like everybody kind of starts it off in the adolescent era. Like, yo, I turned like 12 and I got this, that the next thing going on, or I got passionate about this and it's often formed around forming that identity. But what I realized, especially when musicians were talking about their stuff is that like the story doesn't really start at that point. It kind of like starts like super early. Like, um, like, if you think about music, it kinda is something you absorb from like time. Like from when you're really, mm-hmm. really young and shit. So you come out in the hospital, wherever it may be, and there's probably a song playing type thing and like I can remember being like five and like St. Luke and whatnot and like my dad's got all the gray boxes around the apartment. And, like, the preamp and the amp and the radio and the tape deck and the wires going to all the different speakers and all the different things like that. And be busting his Led Zeppelins and things like that Um, in, in like, the fucking daytime. But at nighttime, it's MC Mario and the fucking club mix <laughs> yep. and all that shit that would be dominating oh, yeah. the radio waves. And my mom's was more, like, love musics and discos and that kind of vibes and musicals. And it was, like, all these different things kind of collectively formed this vibe and environment around me and kind of formed a lot of my habits. Before I even had any real uh, Taste in the matter of any of it So I was hoping Stephanie Because I know you do have a little bit of music In your adventure You could bring us back to being the youngest Stephanie You can remember being And talk to us a little bit about some of the musics and sounds and things that were going on in your home when you was a little
1: one and can you pass the letter oh yeah of course uh i mean gladly i owe a lot of it to um my younger brother actually to this day he's still someone who's very much music music focused and um uh into the underground stuff so I mean, me and Brandon were like, we're two, we're two white little Portuguese kids bored at our mom's house. Our parents recently separated, really young. I think I was maybe about ten or eleven, and all we did was listen to BET. Like, don't ask me why we weren't, I mean, we were listening to much music and MTV and stuff, but for some reason, the music we resonated more with was always BET. We watched 106 in Park. We, you know, we were big fans of, like, just, like, hip-hop and rap and all that stuff. And, you know, J. Cole's my favorite rapper to this day, and the reason I like J. Cole so much is because my brother was listening to J. Cole before he was J. Cole, and, you know, uh, I got hooked on that, and then he started doing shows in Montreal, and then, like, now he's, like, considered, like, top three, you know, like with Drake and, and, and Kendrick. So, so it's like, that was, that yeah, like
0: straight up being here, being like, yeah, I was a J Cole fan before it was cool to be a J Cole fan.
1: Yeah, literally, literally. For I mean, way. like I've been to his Metro- Metropolis shows, the, you know, like the, those, uh, like little indie shows that they do here. And what's the club sodas, you know, like those, like he had a lot of those. So like the first time he sold out the bell center, he had kind of said, you know, I appreciate every single one of you filling this center right now, but he said, you know, only only about five hundred of you really know, <laughs> really know where I come from. You know, so uh, it's um, it's been a it's been a, a wild music ride. But uh, I've always been a fan of hip hop, R and B. I mean, my I had the posters in my wall. I liked anything from like Britney Spears and Backstreet Boys to Beyonce, Destiny's Child, and Eminem. I was listening to all of that. You know, I just like good music. But I I I had the pop. I appreciate the the mainstream. I'm a Backstreet Boys fan. To at heart we camped out in minus 30 weather in january once for tickets me and my 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 cousins and stuff but you know it 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 was the beyonce's the rihanna's the eminem you know like growing up that was that was that was my music taste
0: and like when you were like real young, let's say like pre-10 what were some of the things that a little stephanie got herself up to
1: oh um i'm like the biggest nerd i would just read harry potter books and any i I was a big reader i read a lot of books uh Actually, I'm a little bit. Every time I see you post your book stuff, I'm like, you know what? I was like Holden's gonna kind of gonna get me reading books again and you know I gotta get That's back great. on that but it's like one of those simple adult luxuries I feel like I don't have because I'm so busy but um, I used to stay up till like six in the morning with a flashlight reading a books I shared a room with my sister and uh, that was that was my thing my mom brought me to uh, indigo at midnight on on Halloween for one of the releases of the Harry Potter books and I went by myself and just made friends with like random kids um, on the second floor of indigo and we went for the, the the release of the book and that was that was my stuff it was a scholastic book fairs so that that was oh, shit. Shit. That was the uh, you know I, have, oh, I aged myself with that one a little bit there, no, but uh, right. you know um, the Scholastic Book Fairs. Yeah, I, I always wanted a new a with, new book. Like, Destinies, <laughs> to be honest, I'm not gonna lie. You just like drop. It. That was
0: a real specific time period to grow up. <laughs> but now, like the Scholastic Book Fair is lit. That's a real cool thing. So you was just like a homebody reader, yeah, yeah, all that shit out. Yeah,
1: I mean, like, uh, we, summer camp was fun. We would go. Uh, my dad was very heavily involved with Sun Youth. Um, he coached hockey. Uh, my my mom and her partner at the time were involved in the football aspect of Sun Youth. Um, you know, uh, they have a great basketball program for the women and the men. But they had. I wasn't really involved with the with the basketball, but for football and hockey growing up that was a thing and then we just went to summer camp there so all of the friends that i would make and stuff summer camp we would go to the pools we would do outings and uh they have a sleepaway camp up north with horses and stuff so like that was just i had a very simple very simple childhood you know like i mean went to
0: sleepaway camps with horses and shit
1: yeah it's about two hours away it's a it belongs to sun youth they have like some cabins up there and a big mess hall and stuff and it was a it was a fun experience i wish i did it more
0: yeah boy camps are actually yeah. pretty fire nobody talks about Boy camp it's like it's never come up
1: that's cool yeah yeah so
0: nobody camped outside for harry potter like that before but yo i remember that that that's really a, a yeah i'm a i'm a favorite. big
1: uh, i'm a big harry potter slash sailor moon slash
0: sailor moon say a word i remember that that yeah. was some good times. I, have a, I have a sailor moon tattoo
1: which two one? of them actually this is sailor jupiter which is just the wand and i actually have mm. the sailor moon on my ankle that's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh,
0: shout out Neved. Neved's up in, fucking somewhere in the states. I can't remember though. He's he's fucking real smart, and it's cool to have you here, Neved. That's the beauty of Twitch is the live aspect of yeah, it. Yeah,
1: no, I love Twitch. I mean, I got it. I, I only know like I know about Twitch because everyone knows about Twitch, but I never really use it until watching your stuff. And I think the, just the whole aspect of it with like how you guys do the raids to at the end and like of like just kind of raid people I never knew what that was and I'm like oh that's really cool it's kind of like hey like show the love to this person and or that person you know like yeah it's a it's a cool concept
0: it's really different than other kinds of content. Like, let's say, like, YouTube and Facebook and all of this shit. It's super algorithmic. But, yo, somebody like you, I don't know if you'd be open to it just because you'd make cakes and shit. If you would be, like, all up on the, you know, I don't know if I should hold the mic. <laughs> but like, if you would be all up on Twitch with the fucking cakes and shit, like, just filming yourself making cakes every yeah. time you did that shit you yeah. probably make more money than all of those artists yeah. not Me and even We've had lying. these
1: conversations a, a lot uh, about youtube and and cake streaming and stuff and i'm always like yeah i don't know we'll see i'm gonna i'm gonna see i'm moving soon um mm. not far just like i'm actually gonna be on fielding now um so i'll be i'll be like just a few more min- minutes away um but um After the move, I really want to focus my direction and figure out like my direction for the rest of the year because you know we've all had to pivot. It's COVID. We're all adjusting. Like Quebec, kind of shitty right now. Like, kind of forget that I can just kind of swear on this podcast because it's just you know whatever. But like, it's like yeah, right. (laughs) Like, like it's fucking shit here right now. As I'm hearing the snow removal sirens in the back here because this is Montreal and this is where we live. But um, I really have to pivot a little bit and see what my focus is going to be because like at this point the cakes run itself and i do it like it's like a it's like a whole pandora's box i love doing cakes but also i was very scorned after what happened with the bakery uh you know
0: so let's go through this yeah you got (laughs) scorn? that's like a spoiler now y'all have to wait till we get back to the scorn. yeah
1: yeah right
0: See, so basically, like, I don't know it, what you got up to, let's say, as you move into the more high school ages. like yeah. Yeah, Believe it or not, people give a fuck about the weird hobbies and things that you got up to and your summer camp stories and stuff. So whatever anecdotes or high school passions and things like that that you got up to that you'll be willing to share. I promise anybody that give a fuck about your journey gives a fuck about that stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like. I went to two different high schools and two different elementary schools. Um, I'm still best friends with the girl that I was best friends with in my second elementary school, which I spent like grade five and grade six. Um, she, well, I don't want to say, for like sixteen years now, we've been friends. And I went to JFK first, and then Lauryn Hill after um like
0: the all the way in rosemount jfk
1: yeah yeah my so my cousin went there and she was like this really popular girl at jfk and she we lived in a triplex we're like in plateau like in mile end area it's like it's like little portugal right so everybody has like the so we had like an intergenerational home my grandparents were on the first floor my aunt was on the second floor and we were on the third and my aunt had kids yeah it was really it was really great growing up my so my aunt's kids were four years older than me and my brother um and then my other two aunts ended up having kids like only 10 years later. So like the four of us grew up like siblings basically. And she was just my four-year-older cousin in high school. She was like super hot and I would see her get dressed to go to high school. And it was just like, ah, oh, I couldn't wait to go to high school. So I really wanted to go to her high school because of the experience that I would get from her when mm-hmm. she'd come home. And I'd wait for her every day after after school to see when she's coming home from school and stuff and uh, so I, I forced my parents to let me go there and they didn't want me to go there because it's a shit school and it's a shit neighborhood. <laughs> you know, like we're in Saint-Michel, like there's a lot of crime, like, you know. Um, so I did that for three years, started smoking a lot of weed at JFK. My dad will 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 say that it's because of where I was. Um, but then when I changed schools, my my mom moved to Ville Saint Laurent. My brother got into Lauryn Hill uh, to start Sec 1. And the thing is about... Uh, Lauren Hill is once your sibling is in... You were automatically accepted, so they had no choice to accept me. So I joined in Sec Four. My mom had moved to Ville Saint Laurent. We were going to be there now, um, and it was great. I had a, a really great experience. I met some really great friends there. But within
0: the first, so you were like because like, Hill split, right? Like seven, eight, yeah. Nine. So it's like, like one school. Yeah, and so you just came <clears throat> in with just the growing. I
1: came, yeah, exactly. I came in like and every and everybody was in this new this new campus, right? Or like I think it's one, two, and then three, four, five. Actually, Sec One, Two, Three, Four, Five. Yeah, yeah I think it's what it is. But um, it was it was really fun. So I I yeah, came in uh, like in sec honey, four it's already.
0: Uh, it's an English school. I actually go okay. So when I'm on, yeah, it's on Coldwater too. If you've ever heard me talk about terrifying teenage high school girls, it's Lauren Hill girls on the bus. Because when I go to work on the bus, I go by Lauren Hill in the morning. Right. So you got like a bunch of teenagers all around, like packed mm, into that's the hilarious. bus, and then there's one stop. And all the old ones get off, yeah. And then the next stop, all the little ones get, get off. off, yeah. <laughs> and it's like two separate stops, so it's like two campuses, they're like, like a block like, and yeah, a half they're like away. like two
1: blocks away from each other. Yeah, and, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, it's that's cool though. I but it's it.
1: funny because, like, uh, my, my point was is that that um, I um, I so I I go to Lorne Hill, and within the first week, I I'm caught smoking weed like a few blocks from school with like these friends that I've made and like I was like of course like looking back on my life I'm like these little things make me chuckle because I'm like I found the stoners in like five days or less like at my new high school like it didn't take me very long and so um somebody like the teacher caught us but we were not on school property but it was just like it was very taboo still then you know and we were kids uh so they brought me to the principals and it was more like i was associating with people who were smoking weed i was not the actual one smoking weed but i was high as shit like so
0: you were just like guilty by association yeah so, so then her. i had
1: to like bring something home to my dad to sign Um, you know, just to say, like, I was associating, I was not actually caught smoking weed. And my dad was just kind of like, he already, like, knew I smoked weed. (laughs) And, um, he was just like, you know, like, a week? (laughs) He's like, you really couldn't give me a week in this new school? And he thought it was going to be different because, you know, it's like a private school, like, semi-private school. We have a uniform. Like, we wear those cute little, like, um girl skirts you know like you know like we have cute like our outfits cute like not to sexualize children but like you know like it's just they're cute and like i i i remember like liking to like look cute to go to school to you know hang out with your friends and stuff and social media wasn't even like that big of a thing yet facebook was just about like starting to
0: I think we're the same age.
1: I I was, it got popular when I was in grade 11, but I was already hearing about it in grade 10 a little bit, but like, I I didn't really have it. it And, but then when we were in sec five, like our grad year, like, yeah, Facebook was like the thing everybody should have. Yeah.
0: And then by like a year later, it hit Abbott. I just know it was about a year after that Abbott got it. And then my girlfriend at the time was like,
1: no, you can't have yeah, Facebook. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And then a year later, we both got Facebook.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that's my uh, that's my smoking weed smoker. And actually, the first person I ever smoked weed with was my best friend that I'm still best friends with. And she has now three kids, and I have one. And uh, so, we always hang out with our kids now, and we still just go roll the small. I had no home. idea you were
0: going to take it. And uh,
1: I just got high in high school direction.
0: Yeah. I just wasn't expecting that, but I fucks with it. I, yeah. mean, I, fuck- I mean, you make cakes now, so it seems like... There is a correlation in, in life between stonerism and cake making.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, like, look, we all know Lance has made every, he's exhausted every uh, metaphor possible for uh, cakes and addiction and sugar and, you know, and the references to, you know, like crack and stuff like that and all that stuff. But um, uh, it, yeah, like, it, it's easy to, it's easy to, because like edibles are, are becoming so popular also. And we don't, we're not allowed doing them here, but it's always been a thing that it's like, it's so interchangeable. And for me, like cake making is just, it takes its time that it's going to take, whether I have one cake or five cakes, I have usually a three day window to get it done. So it's like those three days are doing cakes regardless, whether I'm doing one or whether I'm doing five, because it's in steps. So if I have five cakes to bake, I'm going to bake all five at the same time. If I have one, I'm going to bake one. So it's like my steps are the same. It's just the volume in each step. So for me, it's like, it's a process each time and like. I work from home and it's, it's, it's really great that I'm able to like kind of still kind of have this business that runs itself from home because we, we, we did such a, we have such a good following on Facebook and on social media and stuff. But, uh, you know, like it, it was really, it was really an experience just like kind of growing that. And, uh, um, you know, like Lance was a big part of that, you know?
0: So like, yeah, i definitely think we're going to get through all that. Um, so like what happens after high school then? Do you go into up with any ad? Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? At that point, like, so what are you thinking?
1: For me, I'm not to you know a lot of people hate on the zodiacs. Not to hate on the zodiacs, but like uh, I'm a I'm a Libra, and I say I'm very indecisive. And looking back on you know I I could never make a decision about something. So I used to I used to draw a lot. Hence why for me it was easy to turn that art into cakes because like i just have like a natural creativity to like to draw or to like create art and stuff like because art is so vast um but i thought about maybe doing interior designing or like uh you know just like drawing plans and stuff because I helped my parents kind of, like, design their kitchen remodel and the addition that we, like, we had, like, a cold room in the back and they kind of wanted to enclose it and make it a balcony. And my stepmom couldn't really explain to the contractor what it was. So, I had, like, I had it all designed. Like, I did it and he was able to create it. Like, I literally made that. Um, So, I was just like, this is interesting. I could do this. So, I thought that my natural talent and I went with it. uh, But not realizing that, like, I can have that natural talent in so many different aspects. Mm. So... I just started doubting myself. as was like, what am I going to do? Because, like, there's so many things that I feel like I could be good at because I just learn things. I love to learn new things all the time. Um, so I always say jack of all trades, master of none. But, like, the actual real saying of that is because, like, even though, like, a jack of all trades is a master of none, um, you know, like, the he is still, like, better than the master of one, you know? Like, so it, it's, it's interesting because I'm like, I like to learn everything and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went to, like, an open house at like LaSalle College for one thing for fashion design. I did another one for interior design at at Dawson, I think. And like this just like I was there and I just didn't feel it. Like everybody was looking so excited and all that. And I'm just like, I don't have the same excitement for this stuff. And then like and like I'm I have to have like a like I, I want to be able to like learn and I can do that only when I'm passionate about what I'm doing. And I'm just like ugh so I went into Vanier. We, I did uh communications. Um and it was, okay. like, a very passive... Can you
0: break down what communications is? It's one of those courses where, like, it sounds like it's inherent, but it's not inherent what the fuck communications is. So, unless you've gone through communications, it's just, like, one of those vague... It's basically, ones. like... Because, you know,
1: like, everyone does social studies, right? So, everyone gets into social and they don't really know what they're doing just as a basic, right? Like, just to have a basic education. Um, it's basically, like, social studies, but, like, think... Anything like journalism, communications, videos, radio, uh, it's more on like a technical aspect. Um, so it gives you a lot of access to having classes that were centered around music or, um, you know, photography, um, sculpting, um, you know, like that. It it so it is more the creative side of just being at school and being in books all day and learning about like social studies of people. Like you know, I I kind of just went that direction because the the classes were more appealing to me to, to not feel like it was school. Just if I was gonna take classes, do something that I would like so, like to learn.
0: So arguably, people who took communications back then are fucking valuable today.
1: Oh yeah, because like. Like, if you want to be a journalist, you take communications in CGEP. If you want to be a video ed- editor or work, for, like, you know, like you, that's, that's the one that you take. Because it, it, it gets you more experience going up to, to college, I mean, to university after, if you're going to take a, another course or something like that.
0: So that's dope. So did you get to work on anything fire while you were in CGEP?
1: Um, one of my favorite sculptures I've ever made was a headless mermaid um that she's just kind of perched up and she's like topless and has like it like I, it was painted white porcelain and then the tail was green i'm like a huge fan of like little mermaid disney and stuff uh so that was my sculpture that i made uh and it was beautiful i don't know where it is to this day but i have a picture somewhere in my phone like deep in the archives of the iphone icloud library somewhere but yeah that was one of my favorite things that i ever did um, in uh, in vanier we also did a wire i did a wire sculpture where you just had to like twist wires to kind of like do that um that one was pretty cool too but it wasn't an annoying to make but I, I i really enjoyed just being hands-on and like i actually wish i took the photography class because i didn't take it i did more like I did more, like, studies about music, and uh, I did a psychology of sexuality and relationships one time also there, which was very interesting, like, very, like, kind of outside of the realm of, like, the norm at the time. Um, so that was really fun to take, like, because I was just, like, how my I? like, I, I didn't really want to go into psychology, but it was just, I find for me, having the psychology of sexuality and relationships was kind of, like, a, a kind of good understanding, because, like, we have, like, terrible sex ed in high school and stuff, you know, so... But that's
0: wild. I didn't realize communications was like so vast. But this the idea that it gave you access to a bunch of shit that turned out to be like what you need to be an influencer.
1: Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah.
0: Back then, it was probably one of those. What the fuck are you gonna do with this fields? And it just go. Well, I mean, no journalism and shit, eh?
1: Yeah. No, it was like yeah. legit. Yeah. No, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's why I and I felt like that for me was going to be the and it's it's interesting because like at the time I picked that because I felt like that was going to be the easiest thing for me to just breeze through school without having to pay too much attention to it because I'm naturally interested in those in those things. But now looking back, I always said if I wasn't like doing cakes or whatever or not even that if I wasn't doing cakes it's just if I knew how much I liked um, digital media at the time. I would have totally refocused. Like, I would have gone into, like, movies, like, you know, like, just kind of, like, on, like, produ- like p- producing, like, behind the scenes, that stuff, like, that's my, like, that's my shit. Like, that's my shit. Like, if I knew, but I feel like we don't, like, they don't set us up to know what the hell we want when we're going into CJ.
0: Like, I think half the problem, though, is you don't know what the, the names are for any of the jobs. And, yo, if I remember the Seja book correctly and it's probably like the university one now it's a bunch of programs that list a bunch of jobs and you do a bunch of fucking quizzes that tell you a bunch of list of shit with no definitions to anything and then you're just supposed to either know some shit or figure it out like i don't really think the system's all that clear to get to like specific nuanced jobs outside of like retail and manufacturing like pretty much everything that like like Honestly, I work in social media and community building. There's not even like really shout out for the follow X Raider. See, it's like addictive. Yeah, right. There's not even like really a course for what I do. There are just courses within other programs that like maybe touch on some of the nuances because we're making it up as we go along in some cases. But some of these programs turn out to be really interesting and how they're beneficial. So I'd highly recommend communications that sounds like a fire ass experience. Um, yeah,
1: it was. Um, it was fun. Like I said, it was just easy for me because I feel like I did. De- I don't really remember. Let's say I don't remember school at all. It's just that it was just for me. Just something so passively, like I would go and like obviously we all skipped a little bit because like that's just your college experience, right. you right. know. Yeah, I'm skip all this Asia. But like you know what I mean, <laughs> like. I almost failed that psychology course, actually. And then I decided, you know what? It was too late to back out of it. And um, I just kind of went in, and I wrote her a really long email, the professor. And uh, I said, you know, listen, I take full responsibility. I kind of want to jump in, and I promise you I'll do – because I know if I actually put, like, half the effort – I have never have to study a day in my life, and I was, like, a principal's honor roll. Like, you know, so it's just – for me, I'm like, if I put the effort, I know I'll be able to. And I ended up passing with, like, a 79. So I was like, it was the comeback story. She was very impressed. And I was like, I told you, like, give me a shot. And she did. And it worked out. That's fire. Interesting class.
0: Yeah, I kind of miss Sejep. Sejap was a vibe. Yeah. In case y'all aren't from Quebec, because not everyone's from Quebec as clearly, you know. Uh, Ned is from Philly or wherever he said. I'm, like, terrible with my memory today. I digress. The States. Um, Sejep is, like, this strange-ass Quebec-based... in between high school and university thing that counts as grade 12 and the first year of university everywhere else and it's a vibe because it's fucking easy but it feels like college and you basically get to do all the fun yeah and you don't really have to try in class and then you get to university and university is like oh you thought no you're gonna work now
1: yeah 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 ships like the 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 pre university like fun like you really, you really get to enjoy your last of your freedom there,
0: and you're like seventeen
1: when you start, so yeah. it's
0: like you're thrown into this completely adult environment and it's pretty fire actually
1: yeah, yeah
0: um so what did you do for universities?
1: uh so I didn't go to university Ooh.
0: what happened next then?
1: um I started working in a bakery um actually, so my mom the story really starts is so my my parents separated, and me and my mom didn't have the greatest relationship and I was like a teenager, had a lot of attitude and you know my parents separated, and like you know, um, I went to go live with my dad for a, a time, but then when my mom moved to lauren uh like near Lauren Hill and I started going there, and then Vanier and stuff, it was more beneficial to me to kind of like do half half because like my mom's house would be closer and stuff and i had a car and stuff so it was like my life was i had my freedom to do whatever you know like i was just driving wherever i wanted and if i wanted to stay at my dad's house this night i could be like hey i'm doing this i'm doing that you know um so my mom started watching like cake boss and stuff and she really wanted to get into doing pastries and my mom loves to – my parents are chefs, right? My, so my dad had the catering for, like, forever, restaurant. Um, my mom's worked in restaurants for her life, had the restaurant with my dad. So she started, like, baking, and she said, I really want to start selling cakes from home. And so she did her friend's cake, and I really didn't want anything to do with it, and it was terrible. It looked like like weak. Like I'm like, you're not going to give this to her. So I had to help her redecorate the whole cake, and I made it look beautiful. And I went, like, wow, this is actually really fun. So then we did my brother's birthday cake. And then I hand-painted a Detroit Red Wings logo. And, like, if anyone knows the logo, it's, like, the motorcycle wheel with the with the wing feather. And that's a lot of spokes. And, like, I painted that whole shit by hand because at the time, stencils weren't a thing. Like, right now, there's so many people that do cakes from home. And, like, you know, I, I love that, like... Uh, People are doing that stuff, you know. It. Um, but it's just like they didn't have half the shit that we use as tools now to facilitate doing that. Like I learned a lot of shit that I was doing my hand, and now it's like if you want to make this item, oh, now you could buy a mold for that. Now you could buy this tool that makes make making roses easy like this. Now you just need a cutter and fold it this way. Like so it's like anybody could do it. But like that, that that shit didn't exist when I was doing it. Like I was
0: so like real talk though. You be, so you, you like figure out the actual skills like the cake bosses and the TV people had to do to be cool.
1: So yeah. So you got like
0: the foundation, let's say, and you got to practice into it. Do you find that in like the current climate of cakes, it makes a difference?
1: Oh, that's a very good question. I mean like, yeah, because I think that um, there's just things that we had to do the harder way. Um, so if the easy way fails, we we have other ways of doing it. Which is like the old school mm. way, you know, like
0: So you're saying that like a lot of people can get fucked if they're not like able to do this like the, well, the, because, the like, buy numbers version A lot of work. times
1: I I'll even tell my friends this. Um I I, I say, Oh, I could go buy this mall to do this and they're like, oh, you like you can't do it? I'm just like, yeah, I can do it by hand. But it just takes a really long time. But now there's a way to do it if I go buy the – if I'm too lazy to go buy the the mold or, you know, I'm just going to be like, okay, yeah, just take the time and do it by hand because you know how to do it, so you know? So it's you, like
0: – Okay, I I watch people do the cake shit, but, like, it's not really that interesting to me to watch people make cakes. I know, I know a lot of people love that. I never fully understood. It. Like, Bonnie – Bonnie be all over it. If you put cakes and competition in the same fucking word, chain watching it. This is so over.
1: funny because my friend was actually watching Sugar Rush on, like, I've uh, seen like, all of them, like I've repeat the other day. <laughs> and we were literally watching these. And I'm like, I'm watching this stuff. And I'm like, it's it gives you so much anxiety. Because I'm like, I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if I'd put myself through that. Because I'm like, they set you up to fail. And, like, you know, it, to me, it's like... It's so hard to do those things in four hours when it takes, like I said, three days to make a cake. Like, you're doing that in four hours, five hours on TV? Like, of course you're going to fail yeah that shit looks wild
0: but it also doesn't help me understand how to make cakes that look fancy i know it sounds weird but you, like, you watch them do everything so bullet speed and they they're like it's like it's not really about how to do it nice it's more about the drama of watching the cake fall yeah apart exactly the
1: exactly something they uh, set you up to fail so i'm like i don't know if i would do that
0: i like the weed show though the one with the weed edibles which is just goofy mm-hmm. i kind of enjoy watching yeah. that one. I. I'd not go on it, but I'd be like a judge on that one. But like otherwise, that'd be fun. Would you do you cook with weed? Bonnie asked that before, and I forgot to. Ask um,
1: me. I've done it a couple times, but it's not something I'm like well versed in. But mm. it's only because I've not made the effort to be.
0: <laughs> so you're like I could cook with weed. Mm-hmm, I, I just, choose not to. Yeah. There's enough of that on the market right now.
1: <laughs> well, essentially, like one of my like um wild dreams when i opened the bakery was that i was gonna eventually kind of branch my my, my brother was working with my dad at the catering at the time because he had just graduated as a chef um from uh, Pius. pious like your whole family just cooks yeah and so my dream was to eventually maybe open a kind of like stephanie's bakery edible side that i'd co-own with my brother because my brother's also like very into smoking weed um and i'm like that'd be really cool to have him because he's a chef kind of like be on like I, I could teach him how to bake but he's like the weed guy so he can make sure that he he i would trust so, him like, to like he cook how, he
0: knows how to deal with the weed cooking
1: no but i was like, he i know he would have learned like you know mm. what i mean like at the time but like obviously once the weed got legal and then they said edibles were like going to be illegal here you could i mean you could still buy it online but like anyways i mean
0: i'm not gonna say that like i want to promote this but you can just do a whole edibles business pretty easy and it's not necessarily in the selling of commodities i think the loopholes in experience chefing so if you were to do like a private event and all the food has edibles and shit, I think there's a loophole in that because I see that shit oh, all it's a private the event. fucking yeah. time. Mm-hmm. I so, know what you mean. So it's not necessarily uh, you like mean. you can come through and just sell weed, Yeah, but you can sell tickets to an event that maybe has edibles being shared and donated and given and right. all the legal terms hmm. to work around it. There is a pipeline that allows yeah. for that. That's really nifty mm-hmm. though that you like, just from time got into like designing cakes and is it just like painting sugars and shit like i don't really understand the process of like actually decorating a cake to that level of customization
1: was the thing that became like really popular with cake boss right and like every time i would watch cake boss because it was such a new concept on tv at the time he was really explaining all the little tricks of the trade on tv so it's like to anybody watching, they're like, oh, that's so cool, right? It's like seeing how things are made. But I'm watching this like, oh, that's how they do it? Oh, okay. I could I could do that. Like, oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. And that's like I kind of learned through that. And then like YouTube and mm. like seeing how people do these certain techniques or what the products they use to because finding the products is what's key. Um, and I wanted to eventually expand the bakery and have like a cake retail section because I'm like, once you find good products, you want people to be able to like buy those products from you also to if they want to make cakes at home. I don't you know, know
0: if you noticed it, but literally every <coughs> idea she's had has an upsell idea attached <laughs> to it. Like, that's off just how the my jump. brain works.
1: <laughs> that's some
0: knowledge nugget mm-hmm. shit. Like it's dreaming bigger. That's some that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But so you want that would have just been some affiliate shit where you just work out the deal with the next thing, white label it as your own product, boom, 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 and now yeah. you're just
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yeah, crazy shit. And then
0: you so you get into the cake shit in more of like independent kind of like pushing it to people you know friends and family kind of yeah thing? so like it's like so my mom was it?
1: getting the clients and i was basically doing it with her and we were taking pictures and i was doing social media because like my, that's not my mom's thing so. when was this by the way oh like i was 18 so what Damn. is that 2008 yeah Damn. 2008 um And then after that, I got a job at a bakery and she hired me like on the spot. And like my first day on the job, she told me to come and left me alone and told me I had to finish a cake that was in the freezer naked. And there was a picture of what it was supposed to look like. And I'm like, I don't know where anything is. I'm literally in a kitchen by myself in an Italian bakery that is pretty well known. And I'm like, okay. So I got it done. And it was a giant... (laughs) It was a giant law book with a hammer and then the kind of like the clip with the name and on the clip had like that wooden board that said like congratulations, like, you know, and then their name, whatever, you know. Um, but yeah, it was like a big like law book with the with the hammer and the and the like little name tag on it.
0: So you basically go from like doing it at the crib, trying to figure it out off a YouTube and cake boss quite yeah. literally. To like the whole kitchen with the shit everywhere that you need. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I became basically like the right hand woman to like the the lady who was running the the bakery side of it because it was a family owned bakery, Italian classic story, you know, the one that we all we all know. It's a mom and pop shop, and the the father and the brother are the bakers in the sense of the bread guys. They are there four o'clock in the morning getting the bread ready for the day getting out all those pastries out getting the tomato pizzas getting the you know everything that you see that they're there at four in the morning and then the mom ran the customer service with the other daughter and my boss who was the third daughter she decided to do the cakes So she had a passion to kind of like expand. She goes, we have the business already because people are here. Like it's just adding it onto the menu and it's a very lucrative business. So she was kind of freehanding it too with her, her family. Um, So having me with her, we kind of made a team of like learning things on the fly and learning off of each other and kind of building that to like what it is. Um, So I learned a lot there. And uh, to this day, like I see her and it's like all respect. She's asked me to come, work a, a day or two sometimes to like to if i needed something or you know like if i needed like cake pop like batter for like because cake like if you have a large order of cake pops it's hard to like just bake just to destroy so i asked her if she had like cake crumbs that i could buy off of her and she's like yeah if you want come you them me. you just started saying cake <laughs> jargon and i'm like okay nope <laughs> i don't know <laughs> cake jargon at all <clears throat> it's just cake like sometimes i shall offer to like give me cake pop batter so I can make cake pops because I have to roll them into balls. So that's a she different
0: batter than other cake.
1: Yeah, it's like basically like the crumbs that we're cutting off of like cakes that we're carving to make 3D cakes. Like we always have cake crumbs, right? Oh. So like when you so you save that and then you just mix it to make cake pops. That's how you make cake pops. So it's that's basically the little like ball things. Because mm-hmm, you're mixing it with icing anyway, so it's like we would do a trade off where I would go and ro- roll cake balls for her all day, and then she'd let me take like half of them home with me, like. So okay. it's like yeah, I yeah I love her. I love I learned a lot there. That was my first real uh, job at a bakery, and I was there for four years, I think. And then I um, this I'd, is like
0: fresh out of school, straight into career.
1: Uh, within a year, maybe.
0: That's wild.
1: Yeah, within a year, after like no longer doing college. Yeah. So what happens after that bakery? Uh, Lance convinces me to. Um, Start my own new uh, meet Lance. Uh, I was still working there when I met Lance. It was twenty twelve. Mm. Yeah, see,
0: 2008
1: to 2012. Yeah, that makes sense. The math adds up. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I kind of wasn't getting called to go work as much anymore. And um it was getting kind of like annoying to not have a guarantee if, if, if I was getting paid or not. Um and Lance was just like you already do things on the side. Like, we'll just push that more on Facebook. You already have like 200, I think at the time I had like 250 followers or whatever on my bakery page. And um, it was very, very low key. Uh, And then uh, that's what it became. It became like, yeah, you're right. I don't need to depend on her for money. I'm going to like push myself and freelance more. And then that's became like, now I don't even advertise and I don't, I only do like two cakes a weekend right now, but that's just because I'm very busy and I have Brady. And you know what I mean. But if I wanted to, I could be doing more. And I'm not even I'm not even like advertising. Like I forget to post the cakes because there's so much content already on the page that, you know, like there's always so so many cakes being done every weekend that I cannot post for so long and still have so many more cakes that I could post again. You know, like it's wild.
0: And it's, so basically, you've literally just just making cakes for people, for like. 14 years.
1: I know. It's crazy. <laughs>
0: That's like a wild amount of expertise in cake making. And like, do you, okay. What are some of the weirdest cakes you've ever had to make for people?
1: Oh, the weirdest cakes. Um, I mean the classic, like, butt with the shit coming out of it and the toilet paper, like, uh, like it's like dirty like 30. Yeah. Like dirty thirties. Like those weird like cakes, like one f- group of guy friends made me do like an ass with like chocolate icing coming out of it to look like poop. And then like toilet paper on the side that said like, oh shit, you're 30. Like happy dirty 30 or something like that. Like, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I guess, yeah, I guess people I come mean, out all but It depends like what's like the weirdest thing. Because I'm like, would weird be like sexual? Because I've done a lot of like. I feel like sexual <clears throat> cakes aren't that weird. Yeah, like, that's something. Like, I've, I've done like um, vagina, like labias on cupcakes um for suicide girl lily you know for her birthday she wanted nipples and well she wanted boobies and labias on her cupcakes so we did that we've done pin-up style like corsets we've done like stripper cakes we've done like you know what i mean like so like that stuff i find a lot a lot of them are, are nice oh, shout though. out
0: jump boy 88 he's like he comes in here's about stripper cakes mm-hmm. follows. you know respect <laughs> <laughs> But uh
1: weird, I don't know. Yeah, I feel no, like those weird. aren't
0: like as weird because it's just like shit, half the bachelorette parties in the world is just dick paraphernalia and shit. So mm. it's like yeah, right? no, it's not that weird to me. But I mean like out there, like you had to like raise an eyebrow at the request and be like, That's a fucking strange ass cake.
1: Um, I don't know. I don't know. I really can't think of anything. I've been doing this for too long the- and <laughs>
0: everything blends into being like
1: normal no i mean i always remember thinking like the the butt one was just always stood out to me it's just because it looks so gross but it's just like it's so the opposite like it's you're tasting it's just like it's just so weird to eat off of that like (laughs) that's just me but Um, you know what
0: are some of like the most common cakes people ask for
1: um frozen still goes hard um (laughs) yeah frozen frozen is like probably the number one cake um the the drip cakes the chocolate drip that's still very much in style the unicorns unicorns are always yeah people like unicorns yeah yeah i do a lot of unicorn cakes because they're cute they're they're small and cute and like it's just icing and a horn on top and you know they could be colorful
0: uh paw patrol
1: um my son is obsessed with Paw Patrol, but yeah, I do a lot of them, but like not as many as I thought. Like Frozen still kind of overpowers Paw Patrol.
0: That's cuz Elsa's monster. Yeah. She, I she she just I think she queen of Disney to be mm-hmm. honest. I don't mm-hmm. think there's anybody that's bigger in Disney than Elsa in in truth.
1: Yeah, no. Um people I don't think a lot of people realize how powerful uh, that movie is. <laughs> um i know it started a, it started a trend for disney which is now in right just got the same kind of like i haven't watched it yet shame on me but i don't know what they're saying now like that movie um it like because the antagonist is not somebody who's gonna go and like fall in love with a man and get married like it's not like the typical like princess in distress story that like it's about family strife and how to deal with that and communicate and like you know growing up in like an intergenerational home so it's like having all that like frozen was one of the first movies that disney produced that was like really not about boy meets girl and falls in love and there's a tragedy or something you know what i mean like it's, it's more relatable like frozen was the first one
0: yeah i feel it's that it's powerful I like that soul movie i found that yeah. was super relatable yeah too. yeah and yeah it taps into yeah. the same kind of shit. just yeah. like i bet a bunch of kids have no idea what their purpose is
1: <clears throat> yeah inside out was another good one too
0: i don't know if i saw that i don't have a kid so i don't necessarily stay up to date on my yeah. disney's mm-hmm. like that much like it's got to be like like i'll be honest i never saw frozen i never had a reason to yeah and i just assume if ever a kid comes i will have my fair share of that movie and it's oh yeah for sure so i'm just you're like, like i don't I'm need good. to I it'll come on. when it comes that's it there's no rush for it but i like the song yeah the song's a banger but um yeah
1: yeah it's so, a thing
0: so i know you do more than just cakes and i know that in the middle of that you did mention the stephanie's bakery part and then that there was a tragedy with the bakery and yeah just, so what at what, what point do you actually get to going from like The hustle and pushing social media and learning all about flipping cakes on the internet to like an actual retail thing
1: um it was getting really busy i was doing like oh my gosh i remember seeing throwbacks on facebook my my order wall was like a sheet of paper with like numbered orders and it was like 12 to 17 give or take every weekend um, and I was like, I it's too small. I'm like, I need to get a space. And then, once we had decided that that's what we were gonna do, it was like, okay, let's see if we can make this work. And then, kind of things fell into place that it was just happening. And then we had a we had a shop, and we did great for two two and a half months. <laughs> where was it located? Uh, it was on Queen Mary, right in front of uh, Snowden Metro. Uh, there's the Metro grocery store, it was right across the street. There used to be a Videotron there.
0: And you know what it's like where the weed store is?
1: Uh, a little bit further up. It's it's a restaurant now. It's the Petit Senegal now.
0: Mm. I mean you're still arguably fucking close to the weed store in that location. Oh yeah, for
1: sure. It's like it's like a, like five businesses down. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like Yeah. So that's where yeah. it was. That's fire stills. And then what happened with that?
1: um brief story landlord was shit you could google him he was uh somebody that was just not well known for being a good landlord and um we went to court settled and then just moved on and i was just kind of like ugh i don't know if i want to do this anymore but it runs like it runs itself so i couldn't disrespect people i'm like i'm not going to turn ar- turn away here out of spite because it didn't go my way and it didn't go like you know it was kind of just like Wrong, like bad timing. I guess I don't know because uh-huh. all the businesses that are there now are doing are doing great. You know, uh, just because he's not in the picture anymore, but that was partly because of us. So if it helped everybody else, and I guess it didn't go in vain, but we fought him a lot, and uh That's he wild. usually wins, and so, he didn't so what, with us. So
0: what makes a bad landlord a bad landlord is something that people. Because you know, I don't know anything about corporate real estate. Mm. I don't know. I want to get a studio one day. And like honestly, it's a it's the thing we're considering this year, like taking on that corporate rent, so to speak. So like what are some of the things to watch out for? So
1: basically a commercial lease is not regulated. So you don't only have – you have an apartment. There's a lease that's from Revenue Quebec that, you know, they give you a lease and that's from the government. For commercial, that doesn't exist. So the lease is whatever you make it. You make out a contract – And if there's things missing out of it that's not clear and you want to argue that in court and it's not well written, then guess what? It's he say, she say. So it's like there's things – and I did a very good job at, like, backing myself up with – we had, like, contracts written, things were detailed, and, you know, he just – was always there was always delays. Opening already took longer than it was supposed to. There was delays for this. I'm like nobody's working. I'm like I would go there every day and see like nothing get done. I'm like who's working here all day? Like there's never anybody here when I walk in, you know. So it's it started off rough a little bit, but we made it, um, made it through. But then he um like the heating, like the the AC vent thing broke, and it was really hot in the bakery all day, and it was like in may already of 2018 we were getting like some really hot days super early that year Holy and shit. <clears throat> and um it was like hot outside hot inside the ovens are running all day i have fridges the freezers are pulling double time because of the heat and there's no air exchange and he didn't want to fix it he didn't want to fix it and we got into a dispute and he cut my power and i lost all my stuff right before saint jean weekend uh, and all the orders that i had like a really busy weekend that weekend and i had to give everybody back their money throw everything in the in the garbage (laughs) and the power was off for three months and i i was locked out i couldn't go in he locked he locked like the access to everything. And like
0: legally, he can just like do that, and your only real recourse is to go to court and fight it out. Like that <clears> with yeah, ads basically,
1: fees. basically.
0: That's dark, and that's probably something that happens a whole bunch in this. Province. Which is why we
1: did the GoFundMe. We got money to to pay some lawyers, which uh, helped us a lot, actually. Um, you know, it, and it was the reason why we were able to get as far as we did with him, um, and then. Uh, you know, it is what it is. We just continued back from home. I just downsized a lot, and I just said, you know what? I said, I trust myself to know what the essentials are to continue running my business, knowing that I'm confident enough in, like, my ability to, to do this because I've been doing it for so long. At this point, it's, like, second nature. So that's what we've been doing. So now it's back at home like I like I was doing it before. So no, no difference, really.
0: It's fair. So basically... this whole time and now all that's different is you're not doing 17 cakes in a weekend from home
1: yeah exactly
0: so it's better yeah
1: i'm selective now
0: (laughs) so aside of cakes and that whole side of your business i know that you have other operations that you hustle at so what are some of the other things that you get up to
1: um so um i still have like my kind of like artistic side that i uh, got into doing that that ipad art in the past year um got an apple pen um so it was just kind of messing around with that a bit and then kind of turned that into a business of like designing logos business cards merch just because we were doing the merch for no at the time also um so to just integrate uh something that just touches all of the avenues that we were already working in uh was just very easy to do all that you know so because we had uh the merch going so we had the cakes going so like after doing all that together you know so
0: so are you still actively pursuing any of that design stuff
1: yeah um i mean it's really um it's really fun uh to do and i I, like i said I, i i like to learn new things a lot so to me i'm i'm very much like a supportive friend and i like to be involved in like helping friends build their businesses and i've noticed a lot of people had a hard time like even knowing how to register their business and the thing what happened with covid was that there were so many people that pivoted and started their own businesses like there was like i'm sure there's a stat that the you know the number of businesses that were registered in the in the in the register of enterprises jumped during covid because a lot of people decided to kind of like work for themselves because they lost their jobs or they didn't, you know, they had to kind of pivot. And I was getting paid to help people register their businesses and do their the, do their like registration in the register because it's so complicated. Like they make it really complicated and I've just done it so many times at this point because I've helped my friends do it that people were like, hey, I'm going to give your name to this person. Can you help them? And it's like, yeah, no problem. And I take care of all their business like mail and all their business, like l- l- important letters and stuff like that. And it's, it's been really fun, you know? So
0: hold up. You just sit there and you help people paperwork their businesses as a hustle.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: and that's like lucrative. Yes. Say a word. Yeah. Wow. That's like, I mean, all, and all you have to do is learn the logistics of what nobody wants to learn.
1: Yeah. Because it's all in French and there's no English translation because it's a government website oh
0: so you so you can tap into the english market now for people that aren't from quebec what you may not know is that our government is very french and when i say very french i mean there is no english on the website or on the phone numbers and they're not legally required to speak english to you on some well i like to call it bigotry uh it's weird it is what it is but that means that, let's say you speak English in Quebec, and you are trying to deal with the logistical nightmare that is paperwork in this province. Um, it's like, mm. it's hard because you don't know the legalese, right? Like, yo, you think, like, even the forms in English be wildly confusing. Yeah. Like sometimes I try to do, like, the tax shit, and I stare at this shit, and I'm, like, trying to follow the numbered orders of jumping around and shit. if it's in french it's like three times as hard because it's not really a natural language and usually that shit's stressing yeah i don't know how much you cost but i could see how that's a fucking lucrative thing to get yourself into because like damn you must save a lot of people a lot of time
1: yeah 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 for sure it's been it's been really fun and like i like to be adaptable because like i don't have a set list of what i do because i'm like it's like what do you need and i'll let you know what i can help you with you know
0: And it's just all logistics and navigating the government websites and having the process of knowing the various legal law shit Mm -hmm, that has come mm -hmm. up. And you don't even need certifications or anything. You just know shit and people trust that you know shit and you get paid to know shit.
1: People like to pay for convenience. (laughs) Arguably,
0: when I said (laughs) earlier, that was that like girl boss hustle shit. Like, is that not what they do though? Is that not honestly what they, okay, is that yeah. what they, they, like, represent? Like, yo, I know shit, and if you pay me, you'll get, you'll know shit, too. And you're like, nah, if you pay me, you'll get shit. Done. Mm, fast. Yeah,
1: fast. Very fast.
0: But that's, like, fire. Like, yeah, that's the whole yeah, thing. for so sure, like, for sure. I didn't even know, like, it was, like, I didn't know that. I just, like, like, as I process it, <clears throat> I, I find it, like, in, in, inspiring because, like, One of the things about these times is, like, the job market's really fucking weird.
1: Like,
0: (laughs) I mean, like, I don't want to talk shit about my company because I'm a blessed motherfucker. But Mm. if I was not in my company, um, it's a weird time with a lot of not stability and average salary increases that are pretty trash. So what I think is super interesting is how you're able to just, like, take regular-ass life skills and flip that shit into actually lucrative avenues and whatnot. And, like, I I, guess, I don't know. I guess you read a lot of books and shit, but, like, was it just always like that? Or was there, like, some kind of influences along the way that kind of push you in that direction? I don't know.
1: I just feel like my brain is just very analytical. And, like, see, we're not even going to talk about, like, so like, all these things. We're not even talking about the fact that I actually work an office admin job 9 to 5, Monday to Friday. Like, I actually have a day job. And mm. my job is, like, literally running the director's schedule and his life and being in his emails and scheduling his calendars and making sure we're working on stuff but i'm like so it's like there's all like i've just been someone that likes to like i'm very task oriented so if there's a task list it's very easy for me to do work like you know what i mean like i have to know what i'm doing and i like to kind of plan stuff and be organized in a certain way and so it's like i just keep things that are in the, the 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 kind of mess of like the whirlwind of what my life is and if everything kind of flows together then it makes it easier where people are like how do you do all of that but i'm just like they're all kind of intertwined in the way so my brain just like likes to do all these things
0: no and it's also like like you said i think earlier i don't know if it was on or off cam but like monopolizing your time to like ensure that it stacks into making growth yeah or yeah exactly the situation
1: exactly like, exactly.
0: So now that like the COVID came and like disrupted everything, how did
1: that like change shit up for you? Um, well, working from home, a lot of it um, was just easier for me to obviously take uh cake orders from home. But even that downsized because everyone was just doing, oh, I want a cake for four people. I want a cake for five people. I want a cake for six people. You know how what I mean? Cakes before. Um, like, people would have parties for, like, you know, 12 to 15 people, 20 people, 25 people. But it's just, like, because of COVID, nobody was having gatherings. So people were still ordering cakes for their kids who are having birthdays at home. But it would be a small cake for four people, five people, you know? So it's, like, that was the the trend at the time because of COVID. Um, but it's, like, it never stopped. People were still celebrating birthdays. And the easiest way for them to do that in a small gesture is order a cake. And, uh, you know, like, I've just been... Doing that through COVID, working from home, we went back to the office for for a brief stint throughout the year, and then now we're back home again, and, uh, you know, I'm moving soon. So it's like, okay, like, we're going to start the year in the springtime and see what's going on now.
0: And do you have any, like, bigger ambitions or goals for where you want to take things now that you've gotten this kind of, like, status quo in order?
1: Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I I have to kind of figure out like what the focus is going to be like after the move is dealt with. Um, so I could be like, okay, like, do I want to keep doing the same? Like we're working. We've been working. We understand this is the new pattern. But like, yeah, I have to figure out what my direction is going to be and see and see what we do next. Because I want to spice it up a little bit. <laughs>
0: So, like, if you could, like, in a more wishless sense of it, like, picture yourself, like, down the line. Do you have any, like, big dream goals of where you see yourself going?
1: Um, Yeah, I just, like, I'm all about, like, the generational wealth. And, uh, unfortunately, the best way to get there is real estate, and that market is a little bit crazy right now. But I happen to be in that market because I work for a real estate agency. So just kind of, like, keeping that, knowing that, um, real estate is something that anybody aspires to and it's like right now it's really hard to get as a millennial when that's a whole nother problem the mi- our millennial crisis and all this housing and all that stuff like we really got screwed I think that's just my opinion but like like i said that's so a like, whole nother can, topic can but you,
0: so you like work in real estate in the sense that the one thing i know about that is you run a lot of stats and you get access to like real deal real estate stats. yeah not like the we talk about it yeah no i do the use. i do the weekly
1: meetings with my my boss is the director and uh, i'm the one that makes his powerpoint that he presents to the whole office
0: so i guess you have access to unabridged raw data about real trends that most of us just hear about yeah and i say that because we probably could google it but i'm pretty sure none of us is fucking out there (laughs) googling real estate trends on a regular like i'm just gonna throw that out there yeah right
1: but like with that what do you see with the millennial situation um i just think that it we got kind of stuck in a really hard position with how our parents had no wealth to pass on to us whereas like the jump from like we where we are now compared to being able to afford things, how they were able to afford things. It's like, how do you expect us to do it when you had it so easy and you didn't even do it, and now you were expecting to have like the double like. You're saying Gen X didn't buy houses, or the people above us didn't buy houses. Yeah, um, a lot of a lot of times, like the 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 wealth for the the real estate industry of like our parents or like my dad. Like, my grandfather bought the triplex that we all lived in, but that meant his kids never had to buy a house because they all lived in the triplexes, right? So, it's like, my dad never felt the need to, like, own property or do... He just, like, was like, okay, like, I have my wife, my kid, like, I had a baby when I was 19 years old, like, gonna work, and we're gonna live here, this and that, and uh, that was our life. (laughs) You know, like...
0: I never even thought about that one time. So, you're saying there's an actual trend then, uh, where... The boomer people copped houses and then the next peoples down just didn't buy houses because of the houses the boomers bought and this impacted the overall home ownership trends so that the wealth equity didn't shift proper to millennials and this is just nothing to do with laziness. This is because of other people not buying houses, because other people bought houses.
1: Yeah, real estate was not valued at that time. It wasn't. It wasn't like my dad always says to this day that one of the things he regrets the most is that my my grandfather had a a duplex. I think that he wanted to get rid of because the market was shit and nobody wanted this apartment and my dad said i don't want that and he said please just take it off my hands i'll sell it to you for nothing And my dad said i don't want it and he's like i should have bought it off my dad because look now like it doesn't matter as long as you own property like you know and i think that it's just something like we should own something here and it's just the only thing that really gives you solidity like that you like you have that wealth you belong to this planet you know own something (laughs) what
0: do you think about condos because like i'm not really team condo but i'm also an outsider who just comments on shit sometimes and i know it on the subject of home ownership but do you think condos are like actually worth it because that seems to be what be going on with my age group everybody cop a condo
1: yeah so my insider my insider opinion on condos is that they're good for my opinion they're good for me to buy and then rent it out to the people that like to live in condos because I don't have a condo that I would live in. I think I would, it, it'd be like my passage into being like kind of like a property manager because I'd be like, uh, you know, condos kind of like, Hey, easy way to get wealth. And then you can upgrade from a condo to like a house after that and then rent out the condo. And then that, like, that, that would be my route. But, uh, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't live in one though. Why? Um, because I, I want, like, I want land. I want land. I want to like, have, why like, space. would stays.
0: you, like, rent an apartment versus copping a condo as an example?
1: Uh, my situation's a little bit different because my uncle owns the building, so I pay really cheap rent. Um, mm-hmm. But um, if I were to buy a condo just because of a lower price tag, easier to get on your own type thing, um, I would use that. There's like there's a way to use kind of, like, your new wealth of the condo to buy another property that's a little bit more expensive afterwards and then you can just rent out the condo and like have them both that you own now
0: so you would just never have that first condo in mind to live in and that's like a pitfall that people do in theory
1: yeah i mean like uh, if you want like it's good to own and then like i just i i just wouldn't i just wouldn't sell it unless i'm getting a really good price because like you could just make some money renting it and uh the rental the rental housing uh right now is not great so you can add a rental to the to the situation people are jumping at that and then you make your money there and then if you want to sell later on that's your that's your prerogative to do so but it's like having kind of like a free free revenue stream in your hand so it's almost like <clears throat> more of
0: an incentive to cop a condo to add to like would that be like an active solution if people were to treat condos more like that i don't know if they do hmm,
1: i wonder that's a good question
0: because like again like i feel like that renting situation is kind of weird but like that would be like a situation where millennials in a very selfish way this is very good for millennials to be motivated mm-hmm. um would contribute to both their their own personal wealth and solve renting crises in the city mm-hmm. I don't know if it would work it could be more complicated but that's a super interesting idea yeah so then it's like you don't really care how much the condo cost anymore in terms of your ability to live in it you can deal with whatever situation you have and you just make bank on the situation and you turn that into a hustle to level up yeah Shit. but then you have to be a landlord right because you got to deal with the landlord shit
1: oh yeah I'd love to be property manager
0: you like I'm you got excited at the idea of organizing <laughs> that. That shit was, that's, that's not my forte. Um Chris Chrome's like, Oh, millennial chat. Shut <laughs> up, Chris Chrome. He's gonna edit this. <clears throat> that's right. He gets to go through it he's gonna timestamp it and he's gonna make sure that people can skip around easily if they so choose and add chapters. But yeah, Chris is I a love little. Chris Chrome. He's a wonderful person. He's got a vibe to him.
1: Yeah. Run what? into him at the Provigo. <laughs>
0: you go to Provigo? Yeah, sometimes. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. I always find it like, well, I don't have a car, so it's far away lands for me. I just go yeah. to the metro.
1: No, I work right, right near there, so sometimes I go. No, that's, that's,
0: so basically, um, you would do the rental property thing. But other than that, um, what else do you like see in this housing market situation i don't know if it's a good time to buy or sell with the prices being as high as they is and i see a lot of confusion and mixed up ideas on that so when the prices be in this current escalation of increasing is this really the time to buy or do you expect shit to like drop or is it gonna go up for like a long time type thing
1: so it's predicted that it's still gonna keep kind of getting higher but it's not gonna go as high as it's like been it's like stabilizing a little bit but it's still going up um but the the main issue with the housing right now is that there's no inventory
0: can you clarify what that means it
1: means there's like not a lot of available houses to to buy there's no listings like if you get a listing it's like a rare gem right now because it means it's guaranteed money because your house is going to sell if you're the listing agent on it and you get someone that says hey i want you to sell my house that's like right now the rarity um, you know, because there's such little inventory on the market. So if you go right now to go buy, I say, I want, you know what? I want to go see what the market looks like. And I want to buy a house and you go look on centrist or whatever you go look on. There's not a lot of houses and you're going to scroll through the same thing over and over again, because like we get like 50 new, like 50, 30 to 50 new listings every week. And that's like, not a lot. There's not a lot of inventory. So it's a bidding war
0: or for like Quebec. Montreal. Or? Yeah. So you're saying in the whole island of Montreal only like 30 to 50 people a week be selling houses
1: yeah oh like even like on the outskirts too like we're talking about like you know like Laval and so that's like a
0: four million person area yeah yeah do you know why people are not selling their houses
1: um just because there's n- there's no houses to sell we're like we're a lot of people that need houses to live in and there's nowhere to build more houses and they're not doing it fast enough. And we had, uh, it's funny, we just had our kickoff last week, two weeks ago. And we had the, so Korea is the Canadian real estate association. And we had their, um, and their stats guy uh, come on. Who's like the, he checks the trends and uh, he's their economist, their chief economist. Um, and he literally said to us, we predicted this was going to happen. Like f- he's like f- 15 years ago, he's like, we've been saying this for 15 years that, the inventory was just never going to catch up um because of the boomers and then the millennials and then out the general Zers, uh you know like or the gen y whatever it is so it's Hold like on,
0: can i just ask a question to make sure i'm following this inventory problem yeah all right so what you're saying is if i have a house and i want to go sell my house right now mm-hmm. i don't see a house to buy so i don't put my own house up for sale and this circular problem has it that virtually nobody's selling houses
1: exactly and like there's a clause that you're able to like only go through with the sale as long as you have a house that you're gonna move into um but it's 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 harder to find a house to buy than to sell a house right now it's really hard to find
0: so it's really like unless you're downgrading which is probably not the flex most people are doing yeah you're really not gonna pursue this option yeah damn and there's no solutions for montreal
1: no, not right now. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm just reading Chris's chat. <laughs> yeah, he's uh,
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah, he that's get- uh, that's the situation right now, so you know, they got we got to build more houses. We got to build more homes.
0: And nobody's going to do that. Is that like a Montreal thing or a Quebec thing a Canada thing?
1: Um, you know, it, 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 I think it's everybody because I know we're doing the socioeconomic uh, the the socio-economic housing, which is very important. Uh, also um but after after the government like decides we have to get it's, it's just it's, there's a the land issues there's there's it's hard to get builders wood is like a, a- did you hear like the wood is like four times the price than it usually is or something like that I too it so dropped it's like
0: back to half of what it got cut in half recently okay yeah but
1: like I know like the contractors like there's a year wait for like anybody to do renovations on their home and everybody wanted to renovate their home because they were living in it more because of COVID and it was just like everything just impacts each other it's crazy and then COVID delays everywhere so and the truckers and you know what I mean so it's just like it's it's so crazy how set all of this it, like it impacts everything like
0: it's wow now the truckers a lot of moving yeah
1: a lot of moving parts Uh, like that's one of my catchphrases a lot of moving parts (laughs) always
0: you never really think about all of that right like i mean you do but you don't really think about all yeah like it makes sense as you're saying it but that's a bad situation everyone's just kind of stuck like i have this impending sense of yo i can't move yeah at a certain point like i mean i could move but yo, my rent's too good to move to be Mm -hmm. honest with you it's not really about choice it's like I will not get anything close to what I pay in rent here. And because yeah. of those regulations that do exist on rentals, they can't, Oh, that's apparently something y'all should watch when they try to raise your rents, go pay attention to the amount that they are trying to raise your rent. There is like not more than 2%
1: per year.
0: And it's, and they, and they have to justify it too yeah. or some shit. Like, so yeah. they got to have actually done some shit to have improved your life, etc. But, and, um, so like, Yeah, it's, like, that, like, situation, and then it's, like, shit, and then you can't – Like, I mean, I suppose you could leave Montreal, but, like, where Mm. Where are you going? (laughs) It doesn't look like Toronto, Vancouver, or anywhere else is doing better. It looks like it's the same thing. It's, like, that's our future is the feeling of most other major Canadian cities. And I suppose you could go buy a house in the middle of nowhere, but that's –
1: well, one of the stats we pulled in the last week's meeting was that Montreal actually lost 2.5 of its population last year.
0: 2.5%? percent hmm That's a fuck ton of people. That's like over yeah. 100,000 people. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. is it? Or is it 50 or something?
1: It's like 2.5% of like whatever the population of Montreal is. I don't know what that is.
0: Yeah, it's like 50,000 people or some shit like yeah. that left. So
1: it's like uh, a lot of them were to the outskirts, so like suburbs, and also a lot of them were to outside of the province.
0: Shit, that's wild. Yeah,
1: 2.5%. It's a big number in 2021. You think in that's 20, like
0: keep going Oh, for sure. So Montreal's is just going to have a migration.
1: We'll see We'll see what it caps at this year. The question is,
0: will that make more houses?
1: <laughs> you know, maybe. I mean, maybe. that would be like
0: the only benefit. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about yeah, that. Is maybe. this a good thing? I, I, I don't know anything about... You just brought up a bunch of house trends, Shay. Mm-hmm. Which I... I don't know if I, was I look at this all that, day, but like mm. it's super interesting to see it from a perspective of somebody that's like saying real shit, as opposed to again that speculative. I feel this crap. Yeah. that most of us have on a conversation like yeah. that. Like, is, I guess I don't know. It's like just if you want to buy a house, watch that market and pray. Yeah. Is there like any? It's
1: bidding wars. You're bidding hundred k over the was like if you're seeing something for sale for five forty nine. You know it's, sell, it's selling for like seven
0: i'm mm-hmm. like that youtuber lady Bonnie got real mad because the youtuber lady copped a house that was like super fucking like over market price and mm-hmm. that apparently affects everything in the neighborhood raising the prices mm-hmm. and shit if somebody does do mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. which circularly creates more of the problem
1: yeah and yeah
0: will that deflate like let's say somebody does something crazy like that drops like 500k over on a price and
1: um well they have they make you justify the price um when you announce something as sold on the back end of, like, Centrist. Uh, so, like, when you're a broker and you've sold now your house, right, or your, your client's house, you have to go or the admin will have to go into Centrist to now take the listing off the market and, and market as sold. Um, you have to put the selling price and then it will ask you for a justification of why the selling price is what it is. So it's like they always can come back and question and if there's anything funny – they it's their own governing body it's so like, like they have their so own
0: you can't just be like i want to oh because it affects everybody in the neighborhood if you sell a hot right yeah so, because so they do that, kind
1: of moderate it a, a bit you know so there's
0: like it's it's like illegal in a sense to go and try to like put an. you couldn't just put like an extra million on some shit no there has house. to
1: still be a market value and it's like if it's an overbidding situation i think they only allow it to a certain degree and will that change, like,
0: the value of the house if it's overbidding because of that? Or does, like, the oh, value Oh, definitely. There's set? such a
1: trickle-down effect. It's crazy. It just goes everywhere.
0: So that affects, like, the rents and all of that as well? Like, yeah. Will it affect rent in a neighborhood as property values go up in a sense?
1: Um. Yeah. Because I feel like already. Um. The the rent for where I live, it, the price I would go for now, it like bl- like it blows my mind. So I'm like, that's so not what it's worth. But it's because right now everything is expensive and everything's up, and you know taxes are up and insurance is up. So it's like that's how people are compensating right now. It's like you need a place to live. Well, this is the price. It's it's kind of like everybody's pushing to their last dollar too. You know.
0: And I guess you're saying from the landlord's perspective, then. Because, yo, every time I talk to a landlord, they're like, yo, tenants be tenants and shit, but, yo, we going broke too. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Exactly.
1: exactly my point. <laughs> yeah. So, it's like,
0: yeah. Like, I-, I was thinking about it. Like, yo, sometimes <laughs> they'd be doing repairs in this building at a disproportionate rate than they can legally charge us to compensate. And they, I don't want to talk shit about my landlord, but, yo, yo, what's up, Victor? Hmm. Um, but like, sometimes you can tell that the repair job is not going in the favor of the landlord. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's, or you can hear the repair guys like talking about the shit outside. Like, oh, there's going to be a bigger job
1: than we mm-hmm. thought. You and know, and always like, some shit.
0: And so always it, it, some it is shit. pretty interesting to like hear about it. And it creates like this situation where it's like, what do you do? <laughs> Who's to blame? Yeah. Everybody's getting fucked. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we're all really shape. just
1: navigating and that's, you know, I've learned a lot of compassion in the last year because it's like, you know what? We're all just living the best we can in our day-to-day circumstances and everything is trickled down to every aspect of our life and everything impacts each other and we're all just in a shit right now. And we all just got to just remember to be kind and compassionate because you never know what people are going through ever. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely perception think. is really at an all-time high right now and it's not always what it looks like so you know you got to be nice i agree mental health is important right now
0: mental health is i mean mm. i think it's becoming a focus you know yeah way.
1: um oh and i think bell let's talk days on wednesday actually
0: yeah you're gonna get the eternal debate of fuck bell go yeah Belle. right That's like be the whole day but yeah no it is um is it wednesday yeah
1: i think so i think it's wednesday
0: all i know is like the first year of covid was one thing this lockdown curfew shit hit me in yeah. this way where I don't, you're the first person i think or second person that i've seen in real life mm-hmm. in like a month it's like honestly like i'm in a room with another person and that's a little like damn yeah this is absolutely like
1: this is this should be so normal
0: but it's not like yeah in a sense it's like oh shit you're like here here <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like shit like this and, but you crave it and then it gets like it's weird it's like fucking all my, i don't know how i'm supposed to go back to work i know they're gonna force me back two days a week and i'm like kind of excited but it's like i
1: wish i would go back two days a week yeah i don't know if we're gonna go back more
0: i was a little bit like i don't think i can commit to going back five days a week everyone life has in fact changed but then i thought about the two days a week part and i'm like yo sometimes sometimes it's just good to talk to people that are not connected to your hustles yeah because your hustle people be hustle people problems too yeah and it's always like you know you get your little circles i go to work and it's like I heard NFT talk I'd never heard before type shit. And I'm like – because we went in for like one day and like eight of – the downside to going back to work is you are not – oh, that's cool. Nobody asked that shit. Um, I work for a software company and uh, it's a conglomerate of sorts. Let's say it's a very small end of the conglomerate nature, but it's like a bunch of brands under a parent company in France. Uh, Not – corporate life i do do music and the side shit but corporate life is like uh i'm responsible for growing organic social <coughs> community efforts and running facebook groups and uh moderating reputation and things like that but effectively it's in a software company that's pretty international and shit so it has a lot of mix of people from artists and designers to like geeks of coders to like a lot of different minds and I didn't know how much I really missed that. Yeah. There's a lot of bullshit I don't like with the office, but on a like mental health environment, tip, you
1: know. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like I had a better perspective of how many hours? Full time. Uh full time mm-hmm. regular ass corporate life. Nine to five shit, mm-hmm. um, and then all the extra shit is just all the extra shit mm-hmm. outside of nine to five
1: shit. Exactly, <laughs> exactly
0: that. Ultimately, mm. how many hours do I work, bro? It's like when am I not? Some okay, I'm lying. I'd say eighty ish is a fair estimate of what mm. I do minimum a week between. You're a mom too, so yeah, you're probably oh, yeah. like I'm lazy by comparison. I get to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just what I. I literally
1: is. sleep from like two to seven eight. Six thirty AM.
0: Here's the thing, Victor. A lot of old people really like
1: I wonder the nine if they to will. five
0: thing a lot. Everybody like knows a lot of things, but there's a lot to the traditional elements of work that were beneficial that like I don't know. I don't know if they're ever gonna pull that off where I where a lot of places are, but I do see like a transition happening to a more liquid hybrid model of work from home versus like you know going back to work because there are people that really hate work from home or like i got this whole room bro like i'm set up yo but if you're not set up it's probably miserable and shit yeah and yeah crazy time savings to be home and shit but like the social element of it I don't know. I don't get to just talk to a lot of like non-artists. Yeah. And the thing about talking to artists all the time is it creates this weird fishbowl of really intense people who focus on shit all the time. Yeah. And And you're just like, like,
1: uh, the the world is a little bigger than this. Like.
0: And you're like, yo, I kind of miss when people would sit there and talk about lawns. Mm. And I'm like, yo, you're all talking about lawns and shit. Yeah. 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 So it's like, or like the way other people like you, it's it's lawns like L A W N S like grass with like your front lawns, lawns. People lawn. talk about lawns at the lunch table. Any every homeowner I've ever met has lawn Sorry. conversations Who talks with about every other homeowner I've ever met because, yo, where are you at, Victor? Um, mm. But we have lawns all over NDG. There's yeah, I love the over. I
1: love like the 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 style of the houses all in NDG by where I work with like oh, the front word. porches in the, in
0: the UK? Front. He's in the UK. I'm not wow, gonna Victor hear, from is, the UK. Isn't that always a trip like across the season shit? Mm-hmm. But like, um, there's no lines in the UK, or I guess where you're at in the UK. Mm. That's wild. But, yeah, motherfuckers be talking about that kind of shit, and that's just kind of like. How it how it just ends up being this but the thing is is like I know it's gonna sound wild, but those are the clients to the art empire, yeah, like those are the people who consume the art and shit and I feel like it's hard in a little bit to get a sense of how to be good at marketing as well if you never talk to like
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't know how else to put it, but like the regular average people that aren't trying to be artist hustlers
1: yeah, I miss that shit a little bit. I'm not gonna lie no no for sure i mean i swear COVID's really just, it just it's so hard. like it, it, we, we will have history books written about how this impacted like our generation for literally the rest of time so it is yeah
0: hey yeah this is like the first thing in our lifetime yeah, i think yeah, that's like yeah, this like yeah
1: yeah global like we're seeing because we're all like we're all learning about this every day like so we don't even know what we know is if it's if it's real or not but like we know things and we're like we're learning and we're all kind of like doing our best the best that we can with what we have and you know covid delays are everywhere uh and it impacts the whole world right now and uh we all just gotta stick together and
0: expect food prices to go up even more. Yeah, yeah. Just and yes. Oh,
1: up. my God. Gas already killed me this week. Do you guys go <laughs> At 157. No, it's at 157 right now, but they're saying it's going to hit 180 by Saint-Jean.
0: Damn. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. like a double up on oh yeah was. Oh, yeah.
1: It's like <laughs> the double. It's like the stabbing and the twist. <laughs> right in the heart.
0: Food's going crazy. Yeah. Everything going crazy. And the truckers in Canada are oh, now yeah. uh, protesting at the Capitol, which... Yeah. Even even if Trudeau. even if like it's a two day thing, that is two full days of the Canadian trucking industry, not doing trucking yeah. shit. I yeah. don't know, man. Shit's getting wild. <clears throat> um, yeah yeah i know stephanie you got like a crazy spirit to it what are some of the favorite books you would recommend to the world because i mean you read a lot of stuff you said and you have an incredibly bright mind so given like this the situation that you are in right now and you see all the stuff in the world what are some of the books that you would recommend to people
1: um i think just like my all-time favorite just from being in school was to kill a mockingbird Um, I mean, not to be like all American there, but you know, it's just, it's always just been a classic for me. Um, and I just think that having that in school and being such a like like people in school were not really like so much focused on like english studies where i when i was in jfk and stuff so i was kind of like the nerd but i'm just like i I learned a lot through reading and putting myself in like stories and putting myself as like being empathetic towards situations um and i feel like i'm also a chameleon in that way where i can kind of adjust like how i how i relate with people and just learning all that in school and stuff so like that was that was one of my favorites growing up like definitely do you have any adult favorites? Um I honestly trying to think, I haven't read a book in so long. Do you long.
0: audiobook or podcast?
1: Uh no, I literally do know Like I I have like not self like done any self-improvement stuff like all in the last like 7 years in the sense of like I've just been working so hard and like having other other interests and having the bakery and just being like such a hustler in that way that I, that's I would why would now i really your, want to like all of that hustle stuff
0: mm-hmm. is definitely self-improvement shit it's just, oh no no for sure for sure like the more advanced version arguably
1: yeah oh definitely but i i feel like now yeah. is just i'm at the time where i'm able to just understand that like i have to take moments to you know have like your self-care days and your mental health days and just like learn to kind of just take a bath. Like, like some, I'm just, I'm used to like getting used to like just learning to enjoy taking a bath and, like, shutting off my brain. It's really hard. And it's, it's funny because I judge Brady so hard because it takes him so long to get into bedtime mode because his, he has a hard time turning off his brain. Brady's and then I'm just son. like, yeah, Bra- sorry, Brady's that. my son. Uh, he's two and a half. Um, and I I get so frustrated, like, oh, just close your eyes and go to bed. And, you know, because he has so much energy. And he's, he's a boy, you know, a big kid. Uh, but then I'm like, I can't really blame him because I'm like, I'm kind of the same way. It's hard for me to just... Shut down and like learn how to relax a little bit. Yeah,
0: I'm with you. Um, I find shooting shit and follow it makes my life a little simpler. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That game is just ridiculously fun because you explore the nuclear wasteland and then when you Google the shit, it's yeah. actually in Boston. Yeah, and you're like, what the fuck? This is well thought. I don't know. That shit gets me. Kind of, but yo, no, I, was, I push it too hard with the mental health shit. Uh, my mm-hmm. real tip, like. other week i just i don't know i was like oh my god none of my lyrics are up and i just spent the whole week i would finish the interview the next 90 minutes i was working on like lyrics (laughs) and i did that i I was i was miserable when i do that shit i mean i usually feel better that whatever work is done and i never really regret it Uh but it takes its like toll and it's like i don't know i'm 34 (laughs) now i don't know how much more i can be like pushing myself to be like super stressed all the time apparently that will literally kill me yeah and that's not like a hyperbolic statement And they've been
1: saying stress kills for years i remember growing up with seeing like the 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 stress commercials about like strokes and stuff and to be fair
0: with you victor i will never retire personally i will work until the day i die I will just find another just project. Find another thing, yeah. Another find something thing. that
1: you just like more that makes I you money. I already
0: have goals for my 50s. I'm not even lying to you. I know what I want to do with my 50s and it's going to be a lot of smoking pot and writing books and shit. Mm, that it. sounds fun. That's By like, the
1: countryside with a lawn? <laughs> I totally
0: do believe in God. Mm. I don't mind. Yo, questions? Y'all
1: can ask questions yeah, too, right? It's not questions. just like,
0: like this deep in. Feel free to hijack the conversation. Don't even get me wrong. This is mm. like, just yes, inspiration. Um, but I don't like, even
1: know what time it is.
0: It's 8.40. It's actually, we started straight up at like 7. So it's approximately late 8, 8.30 something, 8.40. Nice. Whatever, yeah, so, so my now.
1: phone's broken right now. So I have like, I'm so like out of the loop of like the real world. world. I
0: could have just pulled it out at
1: yeah. 8.38. Um, but I was like, nah, the time's there.
0: but yeah i believe in god Uh, i wouldn't say i'm religious because religion's weird but i believe in god same yeah
1: i believe in god i just i'm not super um religious in the sense of like following like the bible as like the all-knowing book of like how to live my life spiritually like no that's just not my thing but i do believe in god
0: I just have issue with the people that run the institutions acting like their version and interpretations might be superior to anyone else's. And I find it in my experience, the collective religious elements kind of don't encourage free thought. Uh and I never sat well with that shit. And... Yeah, I at one point literally had somebody from a church one time be like, you smoke weed, bro, and you're talking about sex and shit. You are literally making us look bad. Can you stop calling yourself a Christian, please? Wow. And I have not actually used the term Christian to describe myself mm. since that day. You're and like, I'm like, oh. shit, I'm Jewish, bro. I'm mm-hmm. God's chosen people. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be Christian like that. Jesus and I be cool, whatever. We don't need that label.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: Um i don't know bro that's what the dude said to me but when you're like 22 or something and a man's that you look up to in a church setting tells you some shit like that i'm not gonna lie to you it fucks you up for a second i'm like it could now i'm like it's fine but i don't give a shit but i i realized that there are connotations that come with the labels that we attach to ourselves yeah and i would rather go by some spiritual i'm down with god shit than have somebody else try to define that for me
1: yeah for sure
0: but that's just how i roll with it
1: yeah man there's so many levels to that stuff
0: ah it gets like that um I haven't read religious books in years. I don't know. <laughs> it's a strange direction. Not a strange direction. I just wasn't. Yeah. So like ever I, I'm
1: more, so I'm, as I say, I'm more spiritual, I guess. Like I believe in higher power and I, be, I believe in divine, you know, certain things of divine intervention. But like we're going to cap it at like, you know, I'm not going to believe some made up like stories from a book that they said was the truth from, you know, like it, go, it goes a lot of ways here. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah spirituality comes in many forms
0: yeah it is what it is um but yo stephanie i appreciate you coming in honestly i don't mean to cut you off victor i don't know where else to take the god conversation at this point and um i don't uh-huh. even know where else to really go with this i feel like it's it's like a good time to like kind of end it a little bit not to like be rude it's just that's how it goes like when you, you want to stretch it
1: yeah for i've been sure. told
0: as criticisms make sure what well, you like don't push the shit for the sake of it you know like yeah. that's been said to me in the past but i i just really think people should check out your food you know the, the stephanie's bakery 514 yes and like you know i think it's really cool to see just the way your perspective on things the whole real estate thing was super super duper interesting yeah I that's mean, my daily life and just the fact that your whole desires in life is to kind of just, yeah, she's a bakery. She does cakes and shit. If you mm, go Victor to Instagram, a to Victor, the Stephanie's Bakery 514, it should be one of those links. In fact, it is the top link above <clears throat> you in the chat. Uh, but yeah, basically, check that out. Support the cause. I mean, you might not cop a cake in mm, the UK. Yeah, right? But um, it's, <coughs> yeah, it's, it's in Montreal. But in general, mm she got the management services the consulting shits she got the yeah let's say like work. just let me know what you need and she we'll work together mogul of sorts mm-hmm. and fire ass mom shit taking out a little cute pictures with the kid living it up making it in yeah. the fancy and whatnot but not for real It was a pleasure to have you here um do you have any like last things you want to say to the farm people of the internet
1: uh, yeah, just, um, you know, I appreciate everybody who still supports the bakery and riding it out through this, uh, this COVID time. We, uh, we make it work. We have the birthdays going. We're always around. And for whatever you guys need, we would like to celebrate with you. So I appreciate you guys and follow the bakery, Stephanie's Bakery, 514. You know where to find me. And we're going to get
0: her on Twitch. Kids. Why wouldn't she be on Twitch? We'll we'll have that conversation after the <laughs> show. Bonnie, if you could start a raid, that would be super fire. And while she's doing that, um, thank y'all for being here with us. It really means a lot. I mean, that number was pretty much like there were people here the whole time. The chat was kind of moving. It's just the vibe that y'all take your time to come through and share that with us. Like to share your time with us. It's amazing.
1: That's wild. I would love to be on The Apprentice is there any other game shows uh game show, oh my god we can't we're not even gonna get into game show talk but yeah like uh game shows i would do any game show i would do like wheel of fortune i would do uh like oh my gosh what else uh, any game show all the song ones shazam like all of them
0: that's amazing yeah so basically if you have a game show opportunity for stephanie bring i applied her for
1: big brother like a few times already but people know this but like Yo, yeah shout like, out Neved, saying you're super chill
0: much respect I think so too You're a whole Thanks, vibe man. I think you really are a boss lady Um, I appreciate everyone watching this in the future too I didn't want to forget about you That's the YouTubes The Spotifys The podcast networks The whatever It's on places I'll thank all of you Like, subscribe, follow, follow Everything Everything cool <laughs> like that If y'all want to support the <laughs> shit Patreon.com slash Behind that suit And then subscribe on Twitch And then y'all know how to give us money That shit Appreciate everybody out there For real real um, and thanks again, Stephanie. It was a real vibe. Live long and prosper,
1: okay. everybody. Mm-hmm. And you can hit that. Uh,